Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast form, January 29th, in the year of our Lord, 2024. This is our two of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country. Through so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. That is the rule of law. The checks and balances are brilliant. We reject revolution, unless it's a Jesus revolution. We actually stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the show. First hour, we talked to Dr. Scott Bradley in detail about what I'm calling the rightful remedy. Would you join this convoy? Absolutely not. I will not. I encourage everybody not to go. Take our border back convoy. They say it's a peaceful assembly and prayer. Take our border back.com. I don't believe it'll be that way. I believe they might intend it. I believe they intend for it to be that way, but I don't believe that's what'll happen. We the people convoy gains momentum despite Facebook censorship. News of border convoy spreads on X or formerly Twitter over 10,000 people promising to already go. Trump urges states to send troops to the border. Mighty bulwark forming as states flock to the Texan cause. As announced in the State of the State Address, Governor Little of Idaho says he's sending Idahoans to Texas. 25 states, Republican governor-led states, signed letters supporting Texas in border patrol or control fight, USA Today. States must protect the United States from invasion and Rogue government, writes Alex Newman for the Liberty Sentinel. The immigration issue has been broken and it's long past time to get it fixed, even agrees Joe Biden. That's all well and fine. Lowell Nelson's with me, campaignforliberty.org. Let's start with this border discussion. Um, all eyes are on Texas. Tom Woods, LouRockwell.com. Everybody's speaking out about this border thing. Lowell, welcome to the broadcast, and I think it's misguided. I think there's a lot of rightful remedies, and I don't believe everybody and their dog flocking to an anarchy zone controlled by the cartels is the plan we ought to be taking. I'm against it, Lowell. Yeah, I understand uh, where you're coming from there, Sam. It's just um, um, interesting that, uh, to me anyway, a lot of people are going down there because of their concern, right? And so, and the concern is justifiable and genuine. Yeah, yeah. Now, whether, you know, they don't say what they're going to do when they get down there. Um, they they simply want to help, right? So my, I read somewhere they were going to be positioned at like 20 miles back from the border. So I don't think they're going to be on the front lines, uh, this convoy uh, down there. But, uh, but you know, you have to appreciate their, their willingness to help the settlement, uh, wanting to help, you know. I mean, this guy, the, the lieutenant colonel uh, who's leading them, someone named Pete Chambers, I don't know him, but he apparently is a spokesman for the group, um, who apparently also served as a Green Beret and was on the Alex Jones show last Thursday. 
he was uh, he's reported to have said that's what Green Berets do on conventional warfare or bread and butter. Now we're doing domestic internal defense. And of course, so I'm not sure what he means by that. But well, um, and see, the problem else... with this is where do these civilians, if they're former military and former whatever else, they've got high level training, but now they're just acting as civilians in concert to say we're going to take care of the defense of the United States. Without a proper link to government, I don't support these unorganized militias that just think they have the right to create whatever kind of defense or control of an area that they want to. To me, that's patently unconstitutional and without authority. At some point, you got these groups that are at odds with government. They say they're going to peacefully go there. Then they articulate all kinds of, of you know military tactics of what their actions ought to be. And then they say it's going to be peaceful and prayer and just an assembly. And others are like, hey, they're going to be armed to the teeth and you can already see the miscommunications on this thing. And if, if, if Charlottesville and January 6th are any um, comparison, even if you go there with the best of intentions, they can run it off the rail in two seconds. So although I understand the cause is just, we need to seek for rightful remedies. And I would go about this completely different. We articulated this last hour with Dr. Scott Bradley, but we need to use the supreme law of our land and the representative republic that we have. For example... Why is there not serious pressure on Mike Johnson to impeach Donald or impeach Joe Biden? If Joe Biden has not been enforcing the laws on the books as the executive in chief, he has an obligation constitutionally to do so, to faithfully execute the laws. He's literally fomenting illegal activity, creating a crisis on the border, a national security concern because of his dereliction of duty. He should be impeached yesterday. Okay, we're not moving at all. And at the congressional level on any of these things, we're just babbling at the mouth talking about it, but we're not doing anything. Now the people are getting sick of it, and they're trying to short-circuit the process. No, pressure in the right venues is the answer. The states standing up, the 25 states putting a letter together saying, look, we back Texas. That's a start. But now we got to put teeth in it and take action uh, uh, against the dereliction at the general level of government for this. Okay, there are rightful remedies here, and I submit to you that they're going down the wrong roads. And if we're not very careful, it's going to backfire on us, even if our intentions are good. I stand against this um, convoy, lol. Yeah, I understand uh, that. I mean, um, you're you're right. The House should impeach Biden for having to um, execute the law. It's also the case that um, Texas should be uh, defending the border, right? And and in other words, sheriffs of the various counties there, they ought to be out in front. And you know, hopefully, the convoy will work with the sheriff of whatever county they arrive at. You know, they're I guess they're leaving Virginia today. Um, there's, I guess, convoys from all over the country. It's not just a single convoy, but they're sort of coordinating and they're having, you know, uh, press events and so forth. They're trying to get a lot of people to, to go down there with them from all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast to, to sort of converge on Texas um, to help out. Well, I hope that they will visit with uh, the sheriffs of whatever county they, they, uh, they reach when they, when they arrive there. Because if if they'll if they'll work with their sheriffs, then they can uh, they'll be working together with the the lawfully elected law enforcement uh, authorities in the counties. That's what needs to happen. The uh, state of Texas needs to to work uh, with them as well. And uh, I believe that uh, out of these all of these um, other states, you know, the 24, 25 states that. Um, uh, signed on to a letter, uh, there's a, a, over a dozen of them that have committed National Guard troops to the effort as well. So you've got, I think, was it 1,300 
National yeah, Guard. Yeah, have a problem with that. Uh, so are you forced way. to go then? Is this conscription? It's not a draft. Um, don't but know. You're kind of forced to go, right? If you're part of the National Guard, you don't get to say I'm not going, do you? <laughs> well, it depends if it's voluntary or not. I mean, if they have orders uh, to, to go, then then, go. Um, then you're right. They got to go. Yeah, it's like cons- being conscripted to go. I mean, See, I'm they not volunteered that. to serve in. Yeah, I'm not either. But if, if a person volunteers for the National Guard or for the military service, they're basically um, a slave. You know, for the next two, four, six years, however long they're they 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 spend there, and so that's that's just one of the sacrifices that a person makes when he volunteers for the military or for the National Guard. Now, if it comes to an unlawful order, to an unconstitutional order, then. Yeah, you know, people have the right and the duty to stand up and, and not obey an unlawful order. But, you know, just being ordered to Texas to help, um, you know, Texas uh, stop the invasion by illegal immigrants, that I don't consider that an unlawful order. Kind of depends a whole lot on what they're supposed to do when they get there, right? That's exactly right. And so that's why I'm really against this because I, I'm convinced that it's it's it the, the intentions are good. In other words, the 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 problem is correct, but in my opinion, they don't have the rightful remedies. Just imagine at the general level if they were pushing for impeachment of Joe Biden over this, you will be impeached because you're not carrying out your obligations and duties to uphold the law. You're allowing illegal activity to the point of a national security concern. Okay, that's mm-hmm. clearly simply impeachable. They should have done it. Like three years ago when this started, not waited. At the state level, though, they can say this. We're not going to have any sanctuary cities or counties or anything like that in our state. To do so is illegal. We're not doing that. And we will prosecute anyone who promotes the sanctuary city idea, giving illegals safe harbor, possibly giving terrorists safe harbor. Okay, you don't know who's who is the problem. So look, these partnerships in these blue states or whatever you want to say, and, and, and even some of the red states where they've got these, that's got to stop. This is not a racial discussion. This is an illegal versus legal discussion. And illegality has got to stop. National security is at stake. Quick pause, or Go ahead and skip the break. Lowell, I want you to respond to that. I'm saying, look, you've got to have the states start to stand up and say, listen, in my area, we have jurisdictional sovereignty and control. And we are not going to let this illegal problem continue in our state. Anybody who ships anybody illegal to our state is going to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. So, Joe, when you're moving people around in buses and planes and everything else, you better not do it in this state. Because if you do, we will prosecute you. Okay, you cannot flood our state against the law and participate in it. Or you're aiding and abetting in crimes. Okay, there's ways to stand up about this, but it takes backbone. It takes nullification. It takes organization. It takes the dual sovereignty of the states, separate constitutional republics. We need to understand this and demand it, Lowell. Absolutely right, Sam. That's uh, very important. I mean, we cannot uh, hope to restore a republic, a federal confederated republic that we started out with unless we understand how it's it's composed, you know, how, how, how it's made up and so, you know, we're going to spend a lot of time on that this morning, talking about that form. Um, but I, I must say that Lieutenant Governor of Texas, Dan Patrick, um, appears to, to, be, to, uh, to be acting correctly here. He, he was talking about the razor wire, because that was the, the, 
the big question before the U.S. Supreme Court right. uh, last week, right? And you talked about that on the show several times. The U.S. Supreme Court on a 5-4 decision said that the, the federal agents could go ahead and cut the razor wire that Texas had put up. And well, my response so is in my Pat- state, I would say this. You might be able to cut the razor wire, says the court. We disagree with that, but the court says it. But we will arrest you before you ever get there because you don't have the right to breach our sovereignty and cross our border into our state as federal government on a fool's errand. You don't have any authority to be at odds with yeah. us. You're supposed to help us defend the border. You're not doing it. We will arrest you if you try. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, it's exactly what needs to happen. Now, hopefully, Texas has got their their sheriffs on board with that and with Dan Patrick's uh, position. I I watched um, a video clip of Dan Patrick uh, yesterday who was was saying, look, guys, uh, this razor wire is working. He says, he says, quote, the Supreme Court ruling didn't say we had to take this down. It just said they could cut it. Well, so they can cut it all they want. We're just going to replace it, he he says. In this park, there were thousands and but thousands they didn't of people. Say, hold crossing. on, they didn't say how they would get there, though. You might be able to cut it, but how are you going to get there crossing the border of the state of Texas when Texas mm-hmm. state officials have the right to say not in our jurisdiction? You don't belong here. You're not allowed to come in here. You may have, you know, be able to cut something, but you can't get here. Okay, you're not coming here. Right. Okay, we right. need to understand, and and they don't stand up for what's right. They don't. They just move to the next crisis that makes it worse. Lol. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that, that's true. So this was like uh, the state of Wyoming. You know, about ten years ago, passed a law saying that anybody who attempts to enforce uh, federal gun control in this state will be arrested, whether it's a state agent or a federal agent. And that's and, the right uh, remedy. You know, that's the, the type of backbone that you need to have, and hopefully Texas uh, sheriffs will, will have this backbone. Um, I don't know if they will, but, you know, it's this week sometime, you know, things are going to come to a head because you know for sure, Sam, that those federal agents, uh, they're on their way down to Texas to cut the river wire, and I hope there's a sheriff waiting for them to arrest, just like you said, to, to stop their illegal action because, you know, just because the Supreme Court says they may cut the wire doesn't make it right, right? The Supreme Court is a creation of the states, and the Supreme Court, it doesn't have the final say on every every matter, particularly domestic issues that are covered by the state. <clears throat> and so you're, you're exactly In other right. Words, sovereignty-based <laughs> jurisdictional issues is the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the states empowered the federal government with, uh, I don't know, 16 or 18 specific, enumerated, explicit uh, power or authority. And Delegated directives, the, the, if you will. Yeah, and, and, and any time the, the general government attempts to exercise some authority that goes outside of or beyond those 16 to 18 specifically enumerated and delegated authorities, then they need to be curtailed. They need to be whacked down, smacked down, <laughs> however you want to say it, but state and local authorities. Mm-hmm, nullified is a much better word. Um, they, the, the state and local authorities need to nullify uh, those attempts to exercise unconstitutional authority. 
So, so in the um, 10 miles you know, square yeah. called Washington, D.C., General Supreme Court, if you want to go ahead and say they can cut razor wire in your 10 miles square, go ahead. Uh, but they're not cutting razor yeah. wire in our jurisdiction because you're not allowed to enter that jurisdiction at all. See, that's the point of a exactly. bigger play that needs to be made. Now, you bring up an incredible article uh, that talks about the United States is not now and never was intended to be this idea that the federal government's in charge of everything, right? A single, undifferentiated um, law whose central government exercises, what do they call this, cleanery power? Or plenary power? Yeah. In other words, they don't have unlimited mm-hmm. power is the point, right? Right. Right. And see, the Wilson the administration uh, brought that into uh, prominence right here. I mean, it basically changed the nature of the relationship between the federal government and the state governments, right? Because prior to the Civil War, um, which I like to call the the War for Southern Independence, um, we had what we call a Jeffersonian model uh, where the states were sovereign and they dictated to the general government what they would do and not do. Well, with the... um, uh, with, with, with the uh, you know aftermath of the Civil War, um, that was called into question, and basically the uh, Hamiltonian model took took the, took shape here, and and then President Wilson uh, basically in, uh, put that in concrete, and so the, the the Jeffersonian model was replaced by the Wilsonian model, and 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 under the Wilsonian model. The feds could legislate, they could regulate, they could spend in any area of governance uh, for which there was national political will, except for those areas that were expressly prohibited to, to them by the Constitution, right? So they took the opposite. They, they misinterpreted the Constitution because, see, when the framers wrote it, they said anything that's written down here that we vest with you, any power we vest with you, you can do. And anything we did not write down, we retain. This this people and as the sovereign states, we retain that authority. Well, the 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 Wilsonian model is just the opposite. If the Constitution doesn't prohibit it, then it's okay for the feds to do. See, there's a big big difference in in uh, uh, in in those two understandings of the Constitution. And unfortunately, Sam. That's the under, this Wilsonian understanding of the Constitution, which is we get to do anything that's not expressly prohibited. Most everybody today has that understanding because we've all gone to the public government schools. We've all pledged allegiance to a, a single nation, a top-down um, uh, nation. We've all you know, grown up with this idea that the U.S. can do anything they're not prohibited from doing. But we need to change that, Sam. We need to understand that the general government can only do what they're expressly uh, allowed to do or permitted to do, not the other way around, Sam. That's a real key uh, uh, point that we all need to understand. Um, the, The federal government, properly understood, can only do that which is expressly permitted instead of this, this other way around where they, 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 they're able to do everything that, that's not prohibited. Well, Andrew right? Napolitano wrote an incredible column about this very thing um, called Government by Experts, Andrew Napolitano, and he highlights this. Without the threat of nullification and secession, 
There is no effective restraint on the feds. All right. This is really important, Lowell, to understand. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree because the states voluntarily joined the uh, the union and voluntarily they can leave the union. It's up to them. I mean, this idea that once you voluntarily join a union, you can't leave, uh, that is this this flagrant flagrantly flawed idea yeah this I mean, is not the, the hotel in california people <laughs> right there even the great international lawyer i didn't even know his name before uh now emmerich de vatel in his 1758 book entitled the law of nations he said it very plainly sovereignty is not forfeited by joining a confederation <laughs> very, very plainly spoken. He said, look, and, and so Tom Woods is writing on this very subject as well. He said, in the American system, the peoples of the states are the sovereigns. It is they who apportion powers between themselves, their state governments, and the federal government. In doing so, they are not impairing their sovereignty in any way. To the contrary, they are exercising it. Since the peoples of the states are the sovereigns, and when the federal government exercises the power of dubious constitutionality of a, on a matter of great importance, it is they themselves, meaning the states or the people of the states, who are the proper disputants as they review whether their agent, meaning the general government, was intended to hold such a power. No other arrangement makes sense. End of quote. <laughs> so Tom Woods hit the nail right on the head. In, uh, in 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 talking about this this uh, situation, Sam. Lowell Nelson, not a whit behind Tom Woods or Andrew Napolitano, both constitutional experts, and so is Lowell Nelson himself. Here's a quote I got from Lowell Nelson on this. We must nullify any legislative act of Congress, any executive order of the president, any judicial opinion of the federal judgeship, if you will, and any bureaucratic regulation of the general government that exceeds the bounds of that sacred compact. Okay, We can't let them get out of control like this, folks. We cannot let them continue and get away with this. The Constitution for the United States matters. It is the rule of law. And we cannot let them breach this. And that's what's happening. We have a problem. And what we first want to do is try to build a better mousetrap and think we can go outside of the supreme law of our land, outside that sacred covenant, and solve the problem because the covenant's not working. That's a lie. The covenant works great. All you got to do is demand it, insist on it, and obey it. And it will work flawlessly. It has for centuries, folks. And it can continue to do so. But the more we, we reject it, it seems like the more crisis we have in America and someone doesn't put the two together and understand it, Lowell. Yeah, that's right on. You know, even in the Declaration of Independence, well, actually before that, the Treaty of Paris, you know, right? King George signed in 1783, recognized the sovereignty of the 13 states. He named them one by one. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, he, the the British didn't acknowledge the independence of a single nation over here. They 
acknowledge the independence of all 13 states. The states performed activities that we associate with sovereignty. For example, Massachusetts, Connecticut, South Carolina, they, those three states outfitted ships to cruise against the British. And uh, you look at Connecticut, it was the troops of Connecticut that took Fort Ticonderoga. Um, and in New Hampshire, it was the executive in New Hampshire, the governor there, who authorized, who was authorized to issue letters of mark and reprisal. In 1776, it was declared that the crime of treason would be thought of as being perpetrated not against the states united into an indivisible uh, blah, but against the states individually. That's how treason was defined, Sam. We'll continue in seconds on your radio. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Tim Berg. U.S. Central Command says at least three service members were killed and 25 soldiers were injured in a drone attack on a base in northeast Jordan. President Biden saying on Sunday, while we are still gathering the facts of this attack, we know it was carried out by radical Iran-backed militant groups operating in Syria and Iraq. This as tensions are continuing to rise between the United States and Houthi rebels in the Middle East, as the two continue to launch attacks on one another, the fighting comes as a result of the ongoing war between Israel and Hamas. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General C.Q. Brown, joins ABC's This Week and says the United States does not want the conflict to expand further. As I provide advice and we think about the uh, approach we take, we want to ensure that we uh, take away capability while we protect our forces at the same time, not have this brought in, into a... Uh, into a, a much wider conflict. The Biden administration has sued Texas for deploying razor wire at the U.S.-Mexico border. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick on Fox News says no one should interfere with Texas's border policy. What we're doing in Texas works. For the Biden administration and Joe Biden and Mayorkas want to come in and cut the wire when we're having success makes no sense to anyone, even the rank-and-file Border Patrol on the border, that we work very well with. In the latest string of arson attacks in what has been part of Antifa-linked Stop the City activist movement, equipment of a construction company that is involved in building Atlanta's new public safety training center was burned at a townhome construction site. The training center has been dubbed Cop City by activists who oppose it. The arson attacks have cost nearly $10 million in damage to the state, and similar attacks in Michigan, Minnesota, and New York have been traced back to the Stop Cop City movement. USA News. President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right, you, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact. And if you owe back taxes, they will be coming after you to collect payments. In fact, President Biden also hired thousands more IRS agents to go after you. If you got a letter from the IRS and you know you owe back taxes or you haven't filed in years, don't put your head in the sand. Call us today. We've saved our customers millions of tax dollars. One quick, free phone call will show you how we can reduce your past tax bill and save you thousands. Guaranteed, or you pay nothing. Call now. 800-511-6046. 800-511-6046. 800-511-6046. That's 800-511-6046. 
The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off with America surrendering to terrorists. Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain of the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake. Twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Liberty Roundtable Live. This is Lowell Nelson, a guest on Sam's show each Monday morning at 9 o'clock. Sam Bushman, your host. We've been talking about the uh, Texas-Mexico border crisis the razor wire that the feds want to cut, and what should be the proper response to this unlawful, this unconstitutional exercise of authority. And uh, we've concluded that uh, really the the federal agents that come down and want to cut the razor wire probably ought to be arrested before they are given a chance. Dan Patrick, attorney, uh, assistant attorney general there in Texas, has proclaimed that the razor wire is working. Um, he even shot some video the other day about it, uh, showing that the, the park through which thousands of illegal immigrants would, would, would travel daily doesn't have anybody in it today because of the razor wire, right? They have uh, put it up, and uh, there's no illegal immigrants crossing the border at that uh, position on the border anymore. Uh, the feds want to cut it. Biden wants to cut it. makes no sense. And uh, so Texas is doing what Texas ought to do, and that is um, exercising their authority to protect their borders, the people of their state, to protect them. That's who they're really protecting when they put up this razor wire. They're protecting the property and the lives of the people of the state of Texas, and 
and indirectly the, the lives and the property of people all throughout the country uh, in other states as well. This is their right to do. Texas has the sovereign right to do so because Texas is a sovereign state. And we've been tracing their sovereignty from the 1700s to the present. Um, a venerable um, uh, historian Tom Woods chimed in on, uh, on the subject in a column which is posted at lourockwell.com. And, and Tom basically corroborated what uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano wrote in his column. Um, quote, the United States is not now, never was, and was never intended to be a single undifferentiated blob whose central government exercised, exercised plenary power. Uh, end of quote there. So plenary means, uh, uh, means complete, right? Plenary, uh, some people call it plenary power, but it's complete power, right? The central government does not have plenary power. Um, he, he writes here, the states preceded the union the same way the bride and groom precede the marriage. The Declaration of Independence speaks of, quote, free and independent states. And by states, it means places like Spain and France that have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. Um, the British acknowledged uh, the independence, not of a single blob, but of a group of states, which they then listed one by one. All 13 states, nations, were listed in the Treaty of Paris of 1783. And so, yeah, these are sovereign independent states. Texas is a sovereign independent state, and if they want to protect their people by securing the border with razor wire, they have the sovereign authority to do so regardless of what the U.S. Supreme Court says, regardless of what the, uh, the president of the United States says, because they are the authority for the, um, the, uh, the, the central government, right? The, the District of Columbia, they have plenary authority in the District of Columbia and the forts, arsenals, and magazines, and so forth, uh, that dot this country, but they do not have plenary authority in the state of Texas. And so I, Sam and I are hopeful that uh, any agents that go there attempting to cut that razor wire will be arrested and um, as, as they should be. So that's kind of a summary of um, the situation there and, and our, our take on, uh, on it and, and what Tom Woods said about it. Um, you know, I just think, Sam, it is so important that we citizens regain and restore a proper understanding of that sacred compact into the 13 original states entered. Because if well, we this, don't understand quote, that arrangement... This quote from the article helps us understand, really, this is mm -hmm. it. All regulations interfere with personal liberty. When the government interferes with liberty, not only should there be quote, no deference to the government, but there needs to be a presumption, an understanding that it's wrong, that they don't have authority, okay? We need to understand that. It's immoral. It's unconstitutional. 
and unlawful. And the more we stand on understanding of that, the better off we are. Look, the general government has no authority to violate the border. They have all authority to uphold the states. They guarantee in the Constitution uh, protection for the states and unification for the states. This is all completely backwards. All right. You need to understand that. And then you need to understand in the courts why this is happening. Why is the court so wrong on this? Because it's a general understanding. They got this new term called the Chevron doctrine that we need to understand in relation to this, Lowell. Yeah, the Chevron doctrine I hadn't heard of till yesterday, Sam, and that's why I thought it'd be worth talking about this morning. Um, uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano writes this. He says, quote, it is rare in the modern era for courts to interfere with an administrative agency because of a monstrosity called the Chevron Doctrine. This rubric tells courts that they must show deference to an administrative agency's interpretations of its own rules because its bureaucrats are experts. Both appellate courts. Bottom line is there's no constitutional reality authority for this whatsoever. It's a made up psychotic viewpoint by those who want to give government more authority and power that they do not have. Yeah, absolutely right. The Chevron doctrine is just like the incorporation doctrine. It's manufactured out of thin air. There's no basis whatsoever for it. Now, both appellate courts followed Chevron. He's actually, the judge is talking about a case that came before the Supreme Court years ago, and which we can get into in a second here, but he's summarizing here. He's saying that in that case, both appellate courts followed the Chevron doctrine. But after reviewing the oral argument in the Supreme Court last week, it appears that the court is poised to reverse or to dump the Chevron doctrine and to put the feds on an equal footing with those who challenge them in court, end of quote. Well, I sure hope that's the case, Sam. You know, Judge Andrew Napolitano, he's pretty optimistic that, you know, based on the oral arguments given in the Supreme Court last week, which I think revolve around this razor wire case, um, he thinks the court is poised to reverse their position and dump the Chevron doctrine. I sure hope that that's a- true, ladies and gentlemen. And he, he articulates <laughs> the point so well with this analogy. He says the states preceded the union the same way the bride and groom precedes the marriage. Okay, and that relates to federalism rising. You're starting to see people understand the proper role of government more, and you're starting to see the courts, the pendulum swing more towards a conservative real interpretation of the Constitution and the checks and balances and the rule of law, right? And understanding federalism rising highlights that there are 50 separate sovereign constitutional republics, right? Exactly right, Sam. And they have the sovereignty to exercise and the right and the duty, really, to exercise their sovereignty in defense of their people. Now, the Constitution says that the general government is to protect against invasion, right? And so when we have thousands and thousands every day of illegal immigrants crossing our border, that is rightfully defined as invasion, right? Just because they they, they don't carry 
and, you know, guns and shoot us as they come across the border doesn't mean it's not an invasion. Well, some of them do. Yeah, (laughs) perhaps that's true. But most don't. Most of them just carry backpacks and food, you know, shirt on their back and a little bit of food with them, a little bit of water. Some of them don't even make it. You know, a lot of them die on the way. But this is an invasion of our country, and the general government has a duty to protect this country against invasion. Well, not only are they failing in their duty to protect this country, but they are enabling, you know, by the Supreme Court ruling, enabling agents of the union to go and remove the very things that, that Texas put up, the razor wire that Texas put up to stop the invasion. Go ahead and it's skip patently the break. unconstitutional, Sam. It is, yeah. and federalism yeah, so rising really kind of highlights and teaches this principle that we're talking about. Lawyers have been brainwashed over this thing, lol. <laughs> That's right. They've been brainwashed, you know, because they're taught in law school. Anytime they get a, a question on a test about the Tenth Amendment, it's never right. <laughs> it's never right. That's what they're taught in law school. Well, the Tenth Amendment is the foundation of our Constitution. Yeah, and, and, you know, Jefferson said so himself, that the Tenth Amendment, the sentiment expressed in the Tenth Amendment is the foundation of our Constitution. So anybody who doesn't understand that simply doesn't understand the Constitution itself. And that's, that's what we need to, 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 uh, to understand. If we ever have a hope of restoring this republic, we need to understand the foundational principle of the Constitution, which is, that the powers not delegated, specifically enumerated and delegated and vested in the general government, they are reserved to the states or to the people of the state. And therefore, the states have the authority to exercise their sovereignty and to protect their people from the invasion of illegal immigrants crossing the border. Sam? Lawyers and the American people have primarily been brainwashed into believing that the U.S. Supreme Court gets the final say on every issue, whether it's big or small, foreign or domestic, federal or local, and it just isn't true. That's what we really need to start with understanding is, hey, these states have sovereignty, and this idea that the general government can just have their way with the states and there's no say, if you really understand it, you say, well, then there's no value in a state at all. Why not just have it all to be nothing but political subdivisions of the Fed? So you got to understand our history in order to put the building blocks together to understand how to defend it and protect her from these abuses internally and externally. And when government goes rogue, when lawyers are brainwashed, when they believe somehow that the feds have all dictatorial power, we have got to reverse that. We have got to use education and say, look, federalism is rising. The states have sovereignty. Even Sheriff Richard Mack's win over the Brady Bill highlights the dual sovereignty between the general government with limited and defined powers and the states with broad powers. Um, And the dual sovereignty is highlighted in that court case even for a modern-day Tenth Amendment decision. It's really critical. Well, I am standing against, folks. I don't know where you stand, Lola. Are you for this uh, convoy? Are you going to it? No, I'm not going to it, Sam. I I don't know enough about it yet, and I would caution people to be you know, be careful before you jump in and commit yourself to something that you don't know where it's headed, right? I mean, you they need to have a clear picture of what they're getting into, and the leaders and the organizers of that convoy, if they are not there to work with the lawfully elected sheriffs 
and uh, the government of Texas, then they probably not they should not be going, Sam. It's just too well, dangerous. And that's the problem. And, I think know, even the majority might be willing to work with the, but there's going to be provocateurs sent by government, federal government, or who yeah. knows who, or cartels, or any, anybody who wants to see this run off the rails and backfire, they're going to insert their people. So even if you think you're peacefully working with the right people and everything else, you're going to get caught in the crossfire. That might be physically. That might be metaphorically. I don't know. But I know this. It can't go well. When we have a standoff between the state and the federal government and the citizens are innocently trying to assist one or the other, there are different ways to assist. And I submit to you that we use those different ways appropriately. So there's a Utah Republican Central Committee meeting report that Lowell wants to get to. And I know this is local to Utah, but I want you to really clearly think about this. This isn't really local to Utah because the same principles apply here, Lowell, to everyone in the nation and in their own municipalities. That's right. We happen to have a really good House speaker this uh, cycle. His name is Mike Schultz. You know, and I, he, no, he's not a Ron Paul, but he's probably one of the best speakers we've had in a long, long time, Sam. He was there at the committee meeting Saturday. He spent the whole day with us. I mean, he's not one of these elitists who just comes, put in an appearance, and walks out and leaves, right? I mean, he was talking to, to uh, the, the members of the committee and uh, he got a lot of applause when he gave his two or three or four minute speech there uh, reporting on the rise of federalism. You know, 10 years ago, <laughs> there would only be a few people would have would have even recognized what he was saying or even cared about federalism. But you know what? Federal federalism is the in thing to champion nowadays. There's a lot of people jumping on board the federalism train. And of course, I'm glad about this. But I'm also concerned that relatively few legislators truly understand what federalism is. Why do I say that? <laughs> well, because of what Speaker Schultz uh, said. He proudly proclaimed that the legislature is setting aside more money than ever to oppose unconstitutional edicts from Washington, D.C. Now, that got some applause, Sam. Was I excited about that? No. He's spending taxpayer money to go to in a federal court who's going to rule against him and say, you states have to do what we say you have to do. That's, at, that's backwards, Sam. As we have discussed already on this program, the states are the sovereigns here. They should be telling the federal government what to do, not the other way around. And when you go to court, when you go to a federal court and ask them, do I have your permission to ignore this federal uh, you know, statute that Congress passed, what do you think they're going to say? They're going to say, no way. You can't ignore that. Congress passed it. You've got to obey it. Well, <clears throat> that is so backwards, Sam. So I'm not excited about spending more taxpayer dollars to pay lawyers to go to a federal court to get an answer that they, they knew was going to come anyway that's going to be uh, against the state, that's going to, to mitigate and it, it flies the, in the, the face of answers we already have. The answer we already have is, look, general government, if it's delegated to you and laid out in the Constitution, you have the authority. Otherwise, you don't. The answers are already there. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to go to court to answer these questions. We already know. We have the answers. And we're the sovereigns here. We can, we can exercise our sovereignty. And, and uh, regardless of what the general government says about it, that's our answer. So don't spend any more money in federal court asking those questions. That's stupid, right? That's how I feel about it, Sam. Now, 
Now, yeah, it's fashionable to set aside money to do this, but real federalism, Sam, is simply refusing to cooperate with officers of the union. As James Madison wrote in Federalist Number 46, that's what we need to do. It doesn't cost us anything. And we refuse to cooperate when they take action that they have no constitutionally delegated authority to take that action. That's when we push back. It's not that we're rogue. It's that they're rogue, and we're holding them in line. You don't have that authority, and we're going to insist that you don't take it when you don't have it. We're not going to let you do that. That's the jealously guarded checks and balances the founders were known for. Absolutely right. And why would a state ask a federal court to rule on an issue that ought to be decided by state and local authorities anyway? <laughs> right? The citizens are well, because of they're the state afraid and they've been brainwashed here. to believe that the feds are in control of everything, and that's the lie that we need to combat. Now, there was two resolutions they worked on at this event as well, right? Yeah, I need to mention those. Thank you, Sam, for reminding me. Yeah, one resolution, well, the first one is actually the last one considered at the meeting, but I'm mentioning it first because it relates most closely to this topic. It was entitled Federalism and Securing Our National Border. Um, but I'm telling you what, this uh, the resolution referenced the Operation Lone Star, which is the effort by Texas to address illegal immigration and smuggling along their border. Well, apparently Governor Abbott asked other states to help him secure the border. I guess we've already covered this. There's 12, uh, over a dozen Republican governors that pledged to deploy National Guardsmen which currently amounted to about 1,300 National Guardsmen, and over two governors, two dozen governors that joined in a statement in support of Texas and, uh, and so forth. So that resolution passed as well. So the federalism one passed big time. And then the second resolution was called Return to Excellence in Voting. And, of course, I like this resolution because it declares our opposition to voting manipulation schemes and electronic devices it encourages a return to the historic balloting process of paper ballots marked by hand and counted by as the place where voting ought to occur and that voting ought to occur on a single election day and that voting by mail or by Dropbox be scrapped. There's an excellent resolution, Sam. It was also approved by a hefty margin. And, um, uh, of course, the, the biggest item of business at the meeting was preparation for the caucus night, which in Utah is Tuesday, March 5th, 7 p.m. that evening. So, folks, if you're in Utah, please put Tuesday, March 5th on your calendars and attend caucus night in your neighborhood. That's where people get elected to serve as officers of the precinct and delegates to the conventions, which is where the, the party's nominees are chosen. You and Lowell, I'm saying you'll do ten times more. Va- you'll be ten times more valuable there than you will uh, mm-hmm. milling around the border with with non-direction. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Uh, the elections held at caucus are the most important elections of the year. By the way, uh, they they eclipse the presidential primary. They eclipse the general election. They eclipse the primary election. Those elections at caucus on Tuesday, March 5th in the state of Utah are the most important elections in which you ought to participate. Uh, Precinct chairs and vice chairs typically, uh, they have a voice and a vote in their county party central committee meetings. County delegates have a voice and vote in county party conventions, and the state delegates who are elected there have a voice and a vote in state party conventions. 
and that's where the party's nominees are chosen. That determines who we get to vote for in the generals. And, of course, in a state like Utah, which is almost all Republican, the real battles are fought within the party, in our party primaries, and in our caucuses, not at the general, because whoever shows up on the general to have an R by their name, they will get elected. So the real battles, they are fought in the party, the Republican Party of Utah. Many of our states are like that too, by the way, Sam. So I know I'm not just talking to Utahns, I'm talking to many, many, at least half the country uh, uh, when, when, we, when we talk about caucuses here in Utah. Be involved, folks, because you're going to be far more influential in local elections than you are in the national ones. Sam? Furthermore, you're going to basically start at the beginning to decide what really gets to the general in the first place. Ladies and gentlemen, look, think local, think um, precinct level, think delegates, think, you know, being on the inside to uh, determine what floats to the top uh, and then what becomes the reality downstream. You have an opportunity to make a difference here. And I submit to you, this is where our time is best spent. It is peaceful. It's within the rule of law. It's our duty as Americans. And we have a bigger influence on the direction of our country via this channel than you do going to January 6th or milling around at the border. Or I want to keep you out of trouble, folks. And I want to have you focus on the rightful remedies to the problems we face in America today. And that is using the supreme law of the land. It exists for a reason. It has separations of powers. It has authority. It has nullification. It has all these wonderful principles to stop them and using the rule of law peacefully. Every other plan sounds good on the surface, but I submit to you that it will backfire and lead to greater tyranny and greater abuse. That's what they want. Don't fall for it. Focus on the real solutions. Your elections are vital. Making sure that we have accountability and integrity in elections, same-day voting, paper ballots, voting under the penalty of perjury for those who are counting the votes and everything else. These are the simple answers that will make the big difference. And working locally is your key. Traveling a couple of thousand miles to the border in a big convoy, I'm telling you, it'll be lost in minutia if it doesn't backfire. There are better ways, well, and we want to point them out, Lol. Yeah, and one more word about that. One reason we urge caution is because the convoy is being publicized so mo so much, right? They've got new press releases and and photo ops and everything, and that just is that that's a that's a, a warning signal in my opinion. Now, if you've got a sheriff in your county that quietly invites you to come help him, that's what you should do. I'm okay with that, but Amen. the convoy idea is probably bad, Sam. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hour two in the can. Thanks so much. Our show notes will be available at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Thanks so much to Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org, and Scott Bradley, Freedom's Rising Sun. Incredible two hours. I stand against this agenda because I don't believe it'll go well. There are better ways. Use the supreme law of the land, would you please? God save the Republic of the United States of America. Thanks, Lowell.